While you're turning in your Bible to Mark chapter 12. You know, if, if everything went perfect in life, we wouldn't even want to be going to heaven. And so God allows some thorns to be among the roses of life so that uh, we don't get too comfortable down here and keep nudging us and pushing us in the right direction and that is to get our, from mind, our mind off of what is temporal, what is passing, what is temporary and look to that which is eternal, that which is lasting. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord and and Brother Burton mentioned about it being, uh, might be slow. Well, uh, that, that suits my style. I'm getting older, 55 years old now. Been pastoring for over 25 years. No, Brother Burton for about 25 years. Uh, or, yeah, more than that, but uh, as far as, yeah, as far as preaching for us for 25 years. And, uh, Knew him before he was married. I'll leave it right there. No, I'm gonna be nice. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell all the truth. And you don't have to tell all the truth every time, right? You don't tell everything you know. Praise God. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying now. But anyhow, and thank God for good, long-lasting friendship. And, uh, and we'll thank God for, thank God for friends that last a lifetime. I never did understand people flip, flip, uh, People off like flipping a switch. Uh, that's not in my nature. I don't. If you're a friend, we'll be a friend till death. If you can't do that, you wouldn't have a friend to begin with, I guess. Amen. So, it is good to be here. I guess it's a good second old church, 13, that's seven years, amen, seven years, the last seven years of great tribulation, I guess, so I don't know, it ain't over, you just go out of one battle and get ready for the next one, that's just all it is, amen, 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 and things are going good, you almost my wife was talking the other night and said, everything feels so good and such a good spirit in the church. Man, you almost hate to say that. Because you don't know what can happen the next week. But uh, thank God for, thank God for a good church where the Holy Ghost can move. 
That's all I want is a Holy Ghost where the Holy Ghost is moving. Mark chapter 12, verse 28, and one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him and said, first of all the commandments is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. The first commandment. Second is like, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God. There is none other but he. And to love him, everybody say to love him. With all of your heart, with all the understanding, with all your soul, strength. To love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Then Jesus saw that he answered discreetly. And he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. No man after that durst ask him any question. I want to talk here a little bit tonight, if you will uh, allow me to say uh, what's on my heart, still on my heart. I, I preached on this Sunday at our church, so it's not tailor-made for you, but if it fits, go ahead and wear it, but uh, this is all that I still have on my mind, and I uh, was want the Holy Ghost to help us when we talk about knowing God, knowing God. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us here tonight in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let's lift up our voices, let every hand be raised to the King in the name that's above every name, in the name of Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Jesus. And everybody said amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Appreciate the hospitality and the room and the, the goodies that we don't need. But uh, and all the good food. He took us to some place in Bloomington and had a lot of weird food. And uh, it was all good. Weird people like weird food. So they knew where to take us. Praise God. There is a lot of uh, trouble in the world. It seems like it goes from one crisis to another, and you've probably heard that little saying, seen it written somewhere, or heard it, K-N-O-W, no God, no peace, no God, N-O, no God, no peace. And that's really the missing element in all of the world that you do not hear the politicians say anything about. You don't hear any of the uh, people that's concerned about uh, all the things that is going on in the world. You do not hear them saying, let's pray. Let's get help from God. Let's get direction from God. What if you got all 100 senators and 435 congressmen to get on their knees and beg God for some answers? And say, you know what, we have, we have gone too far 
from God. We need to get back to God. And so I'm not under any illusions in expecting that to happen. But I'll tell you a good place to start would be for us. A preacher friend of mine was praying back at the earlier part of the year. And he said he felt like the Lord spoke to him. And he was saying, God, America needs to be humbled. And he said he felt like the Lord spoke to him when he was praying and said, my people need to humble themselves. God does not necessarily have his eye on America. America is just a little dot on the globe, but God does have his eye on the church. And I'll tell you what, there's uh, Brother Burton was in the uh, feeling of what I was uh, feeling here and singing these songs about the cross. And I want to talk about knowing God. You cannot know somebody. You cannot. Uh, there's some things that has to happen. You, you know, when the people make these uh, social media and virtual friends, uh, you don't know them. If you think that they are your friends, you are very uh, dim. Think that because somebody uh, somebody likes something you say, uh, and hopefully nobody's on social media. But uh, just in case she was in your former life, praise God. And so, all right, some of y'all couldn't smile on that. It is gone. There it is. <laughs> but you cannot love somebody that you don't know. First commandment is, thou shalt love. Now, what if we got two young people up here tonight and introduced them and said, and thou shalt love. We're going to pick your companion for you. you know, don't laugh about that, but you'd be better off if your preacher and parents, if they got the Holy Ghost, would pick them for you. Because the country's where they pick them. There's not much divorce in America where they pick their own. There's over 50% divorce. And so, all right, yeah, I see that didn't go over too good either. Folks up here on the front. But uh, you can't make a heart love somebody. That's why the law did not work. There had to be another covenant. The law was to bring us to Christ. It's like if you were a cattleman. My brother's in the cattle business and have several hundred head of cattle and you go to get them up. You put cross fences and you put gates to get them to half the field and bring it down to where that you get them toward the chute. That's what the law was. It, was. it was getting you headed in the right direction to give us some idea about knowing God. But the commandment said, thou shalt love. Thou shalt love. That's a, that's a hard thing that you, thou shalt love. Well, I can't love somebody that I don't know. 
to know someone, you first have to meet them. You can't love somebody you've never met. In order to love somebody, you've got to talk to them and share feelings. You, you must be in their presence and be around them to develop a relationship that we know as love. And when you know someone, you begin to learn how they think. And you begin to know what they do. And you know their actions and reactions to situations. And when situation comes, you already know. If you live with your husband or wife very long, you know pretty much what they're going to do because you know them. You know how they're going to react. You, you, you know their voice. You don't have to depend upon the caller ID. When you know somebody, you pick up the phone and before there was caller ID and the first word, if you're familiar, if you know them, the first couple words, you know who it is. To love God, you've got to know God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And you can't love somebody you don't know. Oh, there's a hunger in my heart to want to know God. If you all you sitting here and say, I don't know what you're talking about, preacher. We all know God here. Well, if that's what your feeling is, you're gonna, you, you, you can go ahead and check out because you ain't going to understand what I'm saying tonight. Oh, I want to know him. I want to know him. I just don't want to know something about him. I just don't want to hear words about him. The Baptist church and the... Uh, liberal churches and uh, all the, uh, they, they ever learn, they go and they learn something. But they don't never come to know. They're ever learning and never able to come to what we're talking about. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We learn about him through the word. In the beginning was the word. 2,500 years of man's day before there was any word that was written down and it was oral tradition that was passed down and they said, you know, and Abraham told his sons and they told their sons and so forth. But then on Mount Sinai, God gave a man some word. Oh, thank God for the word of the Lord. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. Hallelujah. This is, this is what we've been looking for. And the, the shadow and the substance and, and the cross fencing and trying to get us headed in the right direction. And now, there's a shadow of my hand, if you could see it, in the shadow. But when the hand comes down, it's no longer a shadow but it's the substance. Oh, it was something that come in flesh and God manifested himself and he was trying to tell the Pharisees here, thou shalt love. Oh, yeah, we understand that. We know that. We know them. And then this man that was there, 
He said, but to love him with all your heart, man, that is more than whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And he looked at the man and said, you got some understanding. You're seeing something more than what the religious folks are seeing. You're seeing something more than what the rule keepers are seeing. You're seeing something deeper. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something, sir. You ain't far from the kingdom. I want there to be something in my heart. This longing for God that God can say, I, I can work with you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to wind up, these, these rule keepers, are they going to wind up, they're going to wind up crucifying me. But there's something deeper. There's something deeper about knowing God. Oh, they didn't know that God was walking right among them. That the God of the Old Testament and the word of God that had came down on Mount Sinai and in the beginning God said, let there be that word had come down to dwell among man. And the scripture said, Psalm 103 and 7, that he made his ways known unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. You can be familiar with his acts and what he does, but not know his ways. Israel backslid, wandered from God, but you don't see where Moses backslid. Moses knew his ways. God made known his ways. There's something deeper to God than just a list of rules. There is something about God that has to be revealed, something that has to be known. Oh, y'all might as well come on in here. Oh, you, you, you can't know you can know God's actions and not know his ways. You can be religious and not know God. I know George Washington. Don't you know George Washington? I know he was the first president. He was from Virginia. He was a land surveyor. Had a home at Mount Vernon. But I don't know him. I don't know his voice. I never lived with him. The, the, the tenor of his voice and his inflections in his voice. I, I wouldn't know him if he picked up the phone and, and called. That's the way religious folks know Jesus. They know him as a historical figure. They know that he lived. They know some things about him. If you'll go ahead and let me say what I really feel. It's just like some of us here tonight. You know a whole lot of things about him. But God's wanting to talk to somebody and let you know that there's something deeper in God than just knowing some things about him. But I want to know him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You can be religious and not know God. You can be Pentecostal and not know God. You can talk in tongues and shout and not know God. You can be apostolic and one God from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and not know God. You can know the scriptures and never know God. You can know a lot of scriptures and not know God. But his word is one of the ways that we get to know him, his thoughts. His word is his thoughts, his mind, his truth, his understanding, his wisdom, his revelation, his uh, knowledge, timeless principles. 
and uh, we know how God feels about things from his word. I know how he feels about sin. I know how he feels about perversion. We know how he feels about sodomites. We know how he feels about rebellion. We know how he feels about marriage and divorce. We know how he feels about women cutting their hair. We know how he feels about it's in the word. We know God, how God feels. And we also know how he feels about mercy. How he goes the extra mile to save somebody. To save people that we didn't even think was, we'd even fool with. God saved folks that I, I wouldn't even pray for. I wouldn't even take the time to fool with. Uh, maybe you don't know nobody. You're a lot more spiritual. Praise the Lord. That's right. There's folks that I'd just completely give up on. But God went the extra mile because I'm, I'm humanity. He, he was reaching for somebody. There's people in church living for God today. I mean, it didn't just come back for a week. I mean, they come back and they, they've been back and they stay back and they got established and got something they never got before. People I'd have never even dreamed that I'd ever see them again. And God did it anyhow. And he didn't need my faith and he didn't need my prayer because I didn't have no faith and I didn't pray for him. But you know what it is? When God surprises me, I like it. God said, God, it lets me get a little peek of you. I, I, I know what the word says, but I also know that you got mercy. Oh, you got something more going on than what I can see. And I want to know you. I'd like to know something about you. Oh, somebody wave your hands to the Lord. Beautiful Jesus. Beautiful Jesus. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Don't you get all high on yourself because you make the six figures. Yeah. Uh, don't let the wise man, don't get so many degrees behind your name and go to school so much that you think you're smarter than everybody else. Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. If you got some degrees, amen, thank God for it. You got a little money, thank God for it. But let him that glorieth glory in this. This is what we glory in. Not that I got a raise. Not that I got a degree. Not that I graduated from eight years of college. Let this glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me. That I am the Lord that does exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. And in these things I delight. Oh, Lord, give us a revelation and understanding. And let us glory that we understand and know him. One of the second main ways I want to talk about tonight that we know him is his spirit. True worshipers shall worship in spirit and in truth. We got the word and we got the spirit. We got his life, his energy, his power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come. Without the spirit, we are none of his. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit that they that believe on him should receive. It takes word and spirit to know God. Now I remember hearing 
your, your grandpa and uh, saying, y'all probably remember him saying this, he'd say stuff for shock effect. He'd say, you can pray too much. Y'all heard that? You can, you can pray too much. Everybody believe you can pray too much? That's probably how it looked when he said it. Everybody knows you can pray too much, right? How many knows you can read the Bible too much? Can you read the Bible too much? Yes, yes, yes. You can pray too much. You can read the Bible too much. You can read too much. You can pray too much. But you can't read and pray too much. In other words, he was saying you have to have the balance of word and spirit. You can't have all a bunch of intellectual head knowledge. There's got to be a level of spirit to go with it lest you become a legalistic idiot. you got to know something about God to balance the word and the spirit. It takes a spirit to be able to rightly divide it. Somebody say, well, how do you know that that's what the word means? That's what it says. Well, it, it, it takes a little more than that. You can't just read one scripture and act like the rest of the Bible is of the devil. We must let scripture interpret scripture. If, if, if Acts 2.38 is our salvation scripture, we're no better than the Baptist that's got John 3.16. You got to like John 3.16, 1 John 3.16, Acts 2.38. We like it all. You can't take one scripture and... and build a, a whole doctrine on one scripture and act like the rest of the Bible is of the devil. Well, hallelujah anyhow. And, uh, and so there's, there, if you want to really get down to the real nitty gritty, there's some scriptures in there uh, you, you, you probably just really rather they wouldn't be in there. When you come trying to defend something you want to defend. And then somebody brings up a scripture. Oh, that's one I try to bypass. We can't have none of that in our spirit. Let, let me have the whole word of God. Let, let me have it all. Thank you, Jesus. And then Apostle Paul said, That I may know him. given his pedigree and then he turns around and says I mean he's a writer of half the New Testament and then he says that I may know him whoever the greatest missionary that ever was and he said that I may know him now why would a man like that say that that I may know him well why don't you just go ahead and take off your apostolic pedigree why don't you go ahead and just take off your Pentecostal cloak I'm one God, Jesus' name, I'm on my way to heaven. But is there something inside that wants to know God? If you're wondering why there's people not here tonight that should be here, there's people that sit in the house of God for years and somehow or another they slip through the cracks and they slip out and something happens in life and gives them a curveball and they're not here. It wouldn't because they didn't know there was one God. It, didn't, it wouldn't because they didn't have the Holy Ghost. 
It wasn't because they didn't live the standard. It was because they didn't know him. They never really got to know him. Because if you ever know him, you won't leave him. There ain't no backslider that ever knew him. Because if you ever really know him, you ain't going nowhere. You might stumble and fall, but you'll fall at the altar. You're not going to fall out. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody go ahead and wave your hands to him a little bit. In the name of Jesus. This wasn't in my notes, but it's all right. Everybody, everybody that ever had the real Holy Ghost and had a real knowledge of him. Amen. J.T. Haywood said, you can't shake a man that's in Christ if he knows where he's at. That's what I want to help somebody tonight. I'd like for somebody to find out where you're at. I'd like for you to really meet the one that you've been praying to and talking to all these years. <laughs> to get an understanding and a revelation beyond words, beyond intellect. Brother Moody, D.C. Moody, the Lord spoke to him a while back and he said, Brother Lawhorn, the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going to separate the Spirituals from the intellectuals. A lot of folks got a lot of oneness intellect. Oh, but God, I want to know God is a spirit. And if you know him, you're going to know him in a spirit. You won't know him by how many, how many verses you can quote. You're going to know him in the Holy Ghost. You're going to get something in the Holy Ghost. You're going to get something in the spirit. If you really know him, you're going to get it in the spirit because he is a spirit. And so you can be seated. Everybody, everybody, uh, every backslider, every person, one of these three things is going to happen. No, no option to it. This, is, this will happen. Every backslider, every backslider. The first option is they get back. And if they really knew him, they'll be back. Or they'll get killed before they get back. Or they'll become a reprobate. Every backslider, them three things, one of them three things are going to happen to them. If they ever really touch something real in God, I believe they'll be back. If the devil don't kill them before they get back. Praise the Lord. I was talking to some of them and said, one the other night, and I said, haven't seen her in several years, and very respectful of me in the church. And, but she said, I just don't, I, I, I'm coming, I'm just not ready yet said, really? Do you think you're the one that controls when you can come to God? 
you think you can come in them doors and walk up here and pray and get any time you want? There is a such a thing as crying and praying on the altar and not being able to touch God. Oh, with many tears. Man, yeah, oh, Esau cried, had many tears, found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully. Mm, don't you think you're so big that you can, somebody come in the back side of the back of apostolic church here a few years ago and they sit down on the back seat and, and then they left out and the ushers asked them, what are you doing? What did you do? He said, well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to know if God was still good. I just want to come to see if I can still touch him. It's an old sinner man come here. As if to say, okay, I can still feel God, so I'm going to go out and sin a little bit more. I just want to make sure I can still feel God. Amen. You better not take the presence of God so casual. Oh, I want to know him. I want to know him. There is word and there is spirit. If you'll let me deal with the third thing that I feel like dealing with tonight. There's a third way, a third element to this. To knowing God. By his word, by his spirit. Is in that same verse that I started quoting, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that spirit. The next part is, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. I'd like to, there, there's, there's revelation to be had right here. I feel like that. God gave me some revelation and insight a little, little deeper. It just seemed to hit me the other day, and I hope that the Spirit will help me to make you understand there's a little something more here than what meets the eye. <clears throat> Word, Spirit, and that I may know Him in His Spirit and fellowship of His suffering. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> Ooh. Jesus said he was, that Old Testament word of God said, and he was wounded in the house of his friend. He came to his own, and his own received him not. God came in the flesh. He didn't send his little boy to be murdered for us. God came in the flesh to suffer and to take our place. If you look in the scriptures and the first chapter of Colossians, it talks about, you know, he's saying, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. And I got to thinking about that God had to come down and walk among us. 
in flesh. To be able to hurt. To be able to feel pain. He was tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. Hey. And so our natural body, that he took on a natural body. In my natural body, I have pain. I have hurt. We have aches. Our natural body has some issues from time to time. I thought about the parallel. Why did he use the church as saying it's my body? The body of Christ in mystery. He's no longer with us. After the flesh, we know him no more. And yet he is here in the flesh. If you know him. If you know him. Loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. He said, I, I put that in the law right up at the beginning. That it's, it, it, it can't just be vertical. It's got to be horizontal. Woo, hallelujah. And when it comes to the church, it can't just be vertical. We can't really love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength if we're off balance horizontally. You can't really touch and know God like you need to. And in the depth, if there's something wrong between you and your brother. The devil hates unity. Oh, hallelujah. said it but uh, there's some discussion about whether the cross was just a pole but either way you can't crucify yourself you might could nail your feet in one hand but that as far as you're going to get it's going to take somebody else to take that third nail and Jesus said if any man come after me this is what's going to happen. He's going to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In other words, he's going to learn to hurt. He's going to learn to cry. It, it, yeah. And, and that's what Paul's saying. I, I've got a thorn in my flesh and I, I've got things going on in the world around me. And, and that is, I, I'm coming to know God by the fellowship of his suffering. Woo! I'm going to tell you, as much as we just getting with it a while ago, saying, yep, the word, spirit, it's easy for us to get on board with them. We know them. But the third one is just as important. And that is, if you're his, there's a cross with your name on it. If you're his, there's a divine appointment with death. And there's going to be something occur in your life. And guess where it comes from? Your pain comes from the body. 
Jesus' pain come from his body. He said, I thirst. He lifted his spirit, went out of that body and yielded up the ghost, but he suffered in that body. His vision was marred. He suffered in that body. Woo! Hallelujah. Is somebody picking up somebody with me? And he suffered in that body. Just like you get sick in your body. He hurt in that body. And then he turned around and said, The church is my body. And if we're really his church, somewhere you're going to hurt. And it's going to come from those closest to you. It's going to come sometimes through preachers. It's going to come through saints. It's going to come through family. It's going to come through circumstances. Ain't they need y'all backing up on me. I ain't doing nothing but telling you the truth. Praise God. They didn't put that in there. A man's foe shall be there of his own house. You might as well underline that because he was not kidding. You know why God uses your family to help save you and those that are closest to hurt you? It's because from the outside we expect it. It doesn't matter if they cuss us out or what they say. That doesn't even affect us. But God's going to use somebody and something to hurt you because that's closest to you because that's the only thing that can make you cry. It's the only thing that can get you humble. It's the only thing that can drive you down to where it's you and God. And saying, God, I got to know you or I'm going to backslide. I got to know you or something's going to happen. I'm in an intense situation here. And I'll go ahead and say, it doesn't mean that the preachers that hurt you are evil. It doesn't mean that the saints hurt you. Sometimes they don't even know they're doing it. But they're God's instrument to bring you into a place of fellowship that you never would have been if it hadn't happened. Oh, somebody might as well go ahead. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're going to hurt. Oh, you're going to hurt. That ain't, a, that ain't a good thing to tell a bunch of young people sitting on the front seat. Hey, come on, live for God. Because this, you're going to hurt. Got to be less than a real preacher if I didn't tell you how it really was. If you ever know God deeply, it's going to be because you're hurt deeply. Because somehow or another, when you're going through the hurt and the pain, and nobody understands, nobody understands, then God looks down and smiles and says, now you know how I feel. You're getting to know me. Now you're getting to know how I feel. Oh, you 
thought it was about them. You thought it was about him. You thought it was about your kids. You thought it was about, he said, no, big boy. It wasn't about none of them. It was about you. I was wanting you to know me. As long as you pointing fingers at the people that hurt you, you don't know him yet. You don't know him as long as you pointing fingers at people that hurt you. You don't. You ain't there yet. Because if you ever get to know him, and there's something being nailed down in you, and you said, you know what? And something from the Savior slips from your lips. And at some point, you're going to say, Father! Forgive them. They don't know what they do. Oh, you'll know him when you're on that cross and you can say, forgive them. I'm letting it go forever. Because everything that happened has been good for me. My husband leaving, my kids doing this, this one doing that and that one doing that. Once in a while, you're going to get somewhere after a while that you're going to say, it was for my good. It was that I may know you. Because I wouldn't have known you if I hadn't hurt like that. Because you don't know how Jesus hurt until you go through some hurt. And you preacher brothers, I don't know you very good. That's the way it is. <laughs> Not only the saints will hurt you, preachers will hurt you. And it ain't because they're evil men. <laughs> it's because God's saying, come on. <laughs> come on. Woo! <laughs> and before it's all over, and before it's all over, hopefully before you get out of here, yeah, one, that something happened 20 years ago and something happened and I'm just preaching. I ain't preaching about nothing in particular. Everybody's got their own situation. At some point in time, before you get out of here, you're going to say, somebody knocked on my door the other day. You know, somebody, good people, they felt like they knew more than I did. Been gone five years. Called and said, can I see you? When I opened the door, he had a pan of water and a jug of water. Pan of water. He said, you know what I'm here for? He said, God's working on me. He said, I didn't leave with a good attitude. God's working on me. I said, yes, sir. You didn't want my hammer. But God gave you another one. I'm going to tell you, if you don't want this preacher's hammer, God's got another one. And if you're his and you're going to ever really know him, you're going to get it somewhere. You're going to get it here. You're going to get it there. You're going to get it somewhere. Or we ain't going to be saved. Woo, somewhere, something's got to melt. Something's got to break. Something's got to cry. God, I'm laying it all on the altar. I'm not going to mention the injustice no more. I'm not going to mention 
I'm just going to lay my children on the altar. I'm going to lay my past on the altar. God, if there's any wicked thing in me, please take it out. I want to be right with you. In the name of Jesus. Oh. Do you really want to know him? Do you still want to know him? Or you still want to hold on to some stuff? You still want to know him or do you want to hold on to some stuff? Ooh, let's feel after the Holy Ghost here. And the cross is the power. Burton was singing about it tonight. Thank you. In the cross, it's the gateway to victory. That personal cross. That second cross. We talk about Calvary's cross, but there's a second cross. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? All the world go free. No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. There's misunderstanding and hurt. It's a faithful saying. If we be dead with him, we shall live with him. And if we suffer with him, we go reign with him. I'd like to know you love the word and you love the spirit. I'm going to ask you tonight, can you embrace the cross? Can you embrace your personal cross? Can you embrace suffering and injustices and hurts? Can you grab it and say it's mine? If it hadn't have been for that, I'd have been lost. I needed somebody to hurt me. I needed somebody to hurt me. I needed somebody to knock me down. I had too much of an attitude. Oh, maybe somebody ain't ready to, you ain't ready to admit it, but you're not really ready to know God if you can't admit it. One of the phrases of the Westminster Confession is the chief end of man is to know God and enjoy Him forever. And until you brace the cross, you're not going to really know Him and you won't be able to enjoy Him. I will glory in the cross. I will glory in the cross. No flesh is going to glory in His presence. Flesh has got to die. He showed us that at his cross. Flesh has got to hurt. Flesh has got to hurt. And God's going to use somebody, something. Circumstances. Brother Morton was at our place for about 10 days. And it was his 50th year of being divorced. And he said, he didn't really say much about it. He told me a little bit about the story. At 27 years old, he was 77. He just turned 80 the other day. 50 years. He lives unashamed, spotless life without a wife, without a woman. I'm going to tell you, he's one of the happiest men 
that I ever spent 10 days with. Every morning wake up and say, how is it today, Brother Lauren? I said, how is it? He said, I feel good, so mighty mighty. Nothing negative, nothing bitter. 50 years alone. If he hadn't had that trial, I wouldn't be able to smell that fragrance that comes off of him. Praise God. There was a fragrance in his life. If you've ever been around him, there's a fragrance. It comes from crushing. You crush them petals, make some perfume. There's something about the crushing that makes you a happier person that makes you a better person because you're not so high-headed and you don't think you have it all together. You really know how much of a loser you really are and that it was really God picked you up and brought you to this house and I don't have time to be looking down on nobody else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. fellows raised in church there's some trials laying right there waiting for you ain't no way to know him without it there's no way to know him without it praise God and when it comes you're going to find him you said I was raised in church my whole life but now whoo, I know him on another level I know him on another level Thank you, Jesus. In the name of the Lord. This altar is open if you feel like the Holy Ghost has talked to you tonight. Come to music. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus.